What is up everybody? Welcome back to the In-Situ Health and Fitness Podcast. Before we get into today's episode, just want to thank every single one of you for your love and support of this show. Today is a Q&A episode, as you probably guessed from the title, and it is fast becoming one of my favorite episodes to do. Mm. It's a lot of fun getting your questions, but it's even better because we get to interact with you guys. So not only do we get to answer your questions, but we get to continue the conversation with you guys after this show. So whether you think we're right, wrong, you have a different opinion to ours, we wanna hear it. Uh, So you can always reach out through the question where you can enter your questions. The question link in the show notes. That's what I was going for. Or you can hit us up on social media. You'll find me on Instagram at Jack L. Graham. <laughs> and I am at Mac underscore in situ yeah. in most places. So if you want to continue the conversation there, we, as like I said, we love doing that. So hit us up over there. Or if you just got a question for next Q&A episode, we're doing one a month now. Yep. You can uh, submit your questions there. Cool. All right, let's get into today's episode. We're starting it off again with some rapid fire questions because everybody enjoyed these very much last time. This this time they're one word rapid fire answers I want from you (laughs) and me. We're just gonna do the same 10 between us, okay? Okay, I'll do my best. (laughs) What was your first job? Uh, Golo, $2 shop. Oh. Yeah, I don't even think they exist anymore. Sorry, one word. One word, go Go low. (laughs) (laughs) Mine was Dalsons, minor 10. Two words, but still, hardware store. Okay, Um, what is your favourite season? Winter. Ugh, mine's summer. Mm. (laughs) There's pros and cons to both. Yeah, I guess so. What is your favourite animal? Let's exclude domestic animals, so the wieners don't count. Favourite wild, wild animal? Panther. Oh, interesting. Mm. I was probably going to say, I want to say snow leopard. I don't know why. Mm. They're very cool. Okay, how many is that? Four? Yep. Who do you text the most? Mm, probably one of my clients. Oh, God. My, I text my mum the most, so it's not that much better. Um, where did you grow up? Aladala. Narrawally, sorry. Oh, Narrawally. It's the same thing. It's not. Bansdale, Wyong. That's what it's like me saying. Yeah, People exactly. in Bansdale will understand. Um, what was your favourite subject in school? Science. Loved science. Mine was art. Mm. Took a full 360 now, but that's where I started. Okay. What is... I'm just trying to pick the good ones. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. Um, describe your style in one word. <laughs> What's your style? In one word. In one word. Smooth. <laughs> what? I, <laughs> I think it means like your clothing style. Yeah, I'll, I'll still run smooth. You're still going to go with smooth. I don't have a style. What would you... What... <laughs> Sexy. Oh, jeez. Okay. I, I refuse to answer. Okay, what... 
Oh, what is your favourite type of stationery? <laughs> Staplers. When was the last time you used a stapler? I don't know, it's very satisfying stapling paper <laughs> together. Then you see how many papers you can, and then you keep stacking it up and stacking it up, see how strong your stapler is, and then just the whole... Maybe you should get an office job. <laughs> so I can staple things. Yeah. Yeah. Mine would have to be a pen, because there's just like so many variations of good pens you can get. Mm. Okay, how many more do you want? Uh, two more. Two more. What is? Uh, what would your spy code name be? It's... In my email address, double zero one. Oh, you know, we've been together for five years and I didn't know that the whole time that the reason your email address is Jack double zero one is James Bond reference. Mm -hmm. I'm better than James Bond. <laughs> um, mine would be Salt Wizard. I don't know why. It's just a username for a lot of random things you have to pick a username for. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's my code name. <laughs> okay, one more, one more. What? There was a good one that we, that I read. Oh, if you could spend the next six months on studying one subject, what would it be? Um, God, it, there's three to jump. I know you only wanted one, but there's three to jump in mind. Like history would be good, but I feel like I have a good grasp of history now because mm -hmm. I do that in my spare time. I'd like to do quantum mechanics, but I just don't think I'd understand it deep enough. Mm -hmm. So I'd probably go astrophysics. Wow, that's still a big one. Yeah, I feel like I could wrap my head around it a little bit more and understand it a little bit more. And it just fascinates the hell out of me. And it'd be cool to just study it for six months and get a really good understanding of it. Yeah, cool. If I could not pick something at all psychology related mm. or brain related, I feel like I want to say evolution or something like that. We were watching David Attenborough the other, other night and it's just like, there's just a moment where I was like, wow, like we came from lizards. Mm. What the hell? Mm. You know? So I just feel like I have a bit of an understanding of it because I've done a biology unit, but in depth, I think it would be very cool. Yeah, for sure. Okay, let's get into the serious. Let's business questions now we've got nine and i feel like it's going to take us an hour to just to get through these nine so worth it <laughs> we'll try Hang our around. best okay number one i often travel for work and find it challenging to maintain a healthy routine on the road do you have any tips for staying active and eating well while traveling mm. very good question i feel like now since being in the city you've got a few traveling clients right yeah um do you, shall you do you want to start with the activity side of it um, yeah, it's just, and this is just coming from a lot of my clients that do travel. It's just, you've got to let go of perfection. I think you say that all the time. Mm. Um, when you're at home, you've got the routine, you've got access to the, your favorite gym. So that is the optimal. So when you travel, it's not so optimal and that is okay. So you've just got to be okay with not having the best equipment, the best gym, the best scenario. like. Just even a walk or some bodyweight exercises or anything you can do is going to be beneficial. Yeah. Usually when you're traveling for work, it means a lot of meetings and stuff like that. So a lot of sitting down, not doing much, depending on your job, obviously. But it's just find those moments where you can get a bit of extra stuff in. So all I'd say is probably go for the less stressful stuff because obviously when you're traveling for work, 
like I said, you're away from your normal environment, so just you got that little bit of extra added stress, your food, like your nutrition's probably not where it should be, your sleep's probably not where it should be because you're in a different bed. So just things like a walk or a swim, saunas, that sort of stuff would be more beneficial than trying to get into a big hard workout. Yeah. <coughs> okay, and then if you were to say, if someone wanted to do like a 15 minute workout in their hotel room mm. or something, like what would you, like three exercises that you would recommend? Uh, squats, so just air squats. Yeah. Just no jumping, just straight up and down, the best quality ones you can do. Um, push-ups or dips on a chair, so same movement, just sometimes people can't really do push-ups properly, so go for a dip on a chair or a bench in the hotel room and probably like a single leg V-up, some core. Oh yeah, So that's sort it's of like one of everything, yeah. 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 So those three you can get a decent workout in, you can just do 20 reps on each, three rounds and that's enough to activate your muscles. If yeah. you've got any more time, go for a walk. Cool, I think my biggest recommendation would be just to, this is my biggest recommendation for everything, but plan ahead mm. yeah. <laughs> as best that you can. So when I, when, what I mean by plan ahead is like plan ahead for the things that you can control. So obviously when you're on the road, you don't have as much control as you do when you're at home. So if you set yourself a little bit of time to plan ahead before you leave or like each morning and then just find the areas where you are in control. So if you're in control between 6.30 a.m. and 9 a.m. when you get up, like you're in control of what you eat for breakfast because it's not being served to you like in a conference room or something, you're not going out for like a team dinner or anything. And if that's the only meal that you can control that day, that's fine. At least you put some effort into controlling it and making it as good as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. And then you know that you've tried at least. Um, aside from just controlling what is in your control, for lack of a better word, the other thing that I think you should focus on is mostly just protein. If you try to have protein as your main focus for each meal, like we say all the time, then it's just going to make you feel a lot fuller for longer. You're less likely to snack. You're less likely to be more satisfied with your meal all of the things that we talk about all of the time. And the other thing that I would suggest is just make sure you drink enough water because I feel like it's so overlooked and traveling can be dehydrating. Being in air conditioning all day can be dehydrating. Um, you can be, you can think that you're hungry and you're actually just thirsty and it's like you're probably eating more chips, mm. more cakes. And if you, <laughs> like if you are working more than you normally do because of the situation, then your brain's working harder. Yeah. And that does take energy and you do need water to, re to, to replace, replace that. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if I, my three things that I would suggest that you try and have in your bag or taking with you when you're on the plane or in the car or wherever it is would be some sort of protein dense snack. So a protein bar or a protein, just a protein shake. Um, the second thing would be something that is low in calories but fills the space in your stomach. So like popcorn or some sort of fruit. And the third thing, I gave a really good suggestion the other day. Do you remember what it was? Okay, well let's just stick with those two. Popcorn is a great snack because it's salty, crunchy. Just a protein shake. Protein shake. 
and a bar if you can mm. find something like that. But yeah, and I'd say like if you're new to health and fitness, it's gonna you're gonna struggle. Mm. Like and again, that's okay. But the more you educate yourself on nutrition, educate yourself on exercise, the better it is when you travel. Yeah. Like we're pretty good now when we travel, just because we've been doing this for so long and we just know what's up. Like I said three exercises before, but if you've been exercising for a long time um, and you've got better exercise in your tool belt, like you could do Cossack squats, handstand push-ups, mm -hmm. and some sort of hanging leg raise if you've got access to it. But it's just like, I wouldn't recommend that to everybody because not everybody's at that level. So it's just time understanding these movements. Like they're, the three that I just mentioned are far better than the first three that I mentioned, but you can't just jump straight there and start doing it. Yeah. And same with food. I find a lot of people when they're traveling, especially like airports and stuff like that, they'll think, oh, I'll just get like a bag of nuts, mm. like a Coke, like a, coke or some sort of fizzy drink and some other snack to go with it and like you smash through those and they'll end up being hungry in an hour or so where they should have just sat down had a big burger or something like that yeah like that, that burger is probably less calories than the nuts the chocolate bar and the soft drink but the burger seems like it's way more calories because it's a big fat juicy burger but it's going to fill you up it's going to be satisfying you're not going to want to eat for the rest of the day yeah so in the end like it's gonna be better. But mm. it, again, that's only because we're more experienced, we know that. So just taking your time and learning these things for yourself and understanding the calorie worth of food is yeah, a big thing. It's so valuable, so very valuable. Mm. Okay, the second question. I struggle with finding the motivation to exercise when I'm feeling low or going through a tough time emotionally. How can I overcome this and stay active for my mental health? very good question mm. the first thing that i would say is i say it all all of the time on social media is when you don't feel like exercising for your body which happens very very often especially for women don't forget that it is very valuable to also exercise for your brain like your brain benefits from exercise as much as your appearance is going to benefit from exercise so I know that this is a woman that asks this question and if it is because you're feeling down because of the time of your menstrual cycle or you're feeling down about your body appearance and it is much harder to get into the gym but if you're just feeling down in general just take the external factor away from it and focus on the internal factor like deep down why do I want to do this mm. and if you I don't know. I feel like if you don't have a really strong why, then it's going to be very hard no matter what situation you're in emotionally, externally, to consistently train at, to, to consistently train in general. Um, so I think finding your why will help, will be, should, it should be stronger than anything that externally can affect how you feel. I know saying that it's easier said than done, right? But the other thing that other than knowing why you're training and having that internal motivation, which also takes a lot of work, it doesn't just happen, I would say just try your best to set up your external situation to support you. So if you're feeling down, maybe find a friend that you trust to talk to and go to the gym with them. Maybe book yourself in for a gym class rather than just going to a 24-hour gym because it's, it sort of locks you in. Whereas if you're just going to the gym by yourself, you can get in your head and it can feel 
it can induce even more anxiety because like everyone's looking at me and I already feel bad and I'm already down and I'm already anxious. So it just sort of makes everything worse. Whereas if you go to a gym class, you might feel anxious on the way there, but then once you get there and you're around people, mm. everything changes because people, we are just, even I do this. I'm like, I don't want to see anyone. I don't want to go to a gym class. I still get a lot of anxiety sometimes about going to gym classes and I'm just like, oh, it's awkward. I don't know these people. But then you get there and humans like to connect whether we know it or not. So you feel better. So just think of the very, very basic things that are going to make you feel happier. Maybe you just need to go for a walk rather than going to the gym because just being outside can help your mood and your anxiety. So just, I would say, just the lowest resistance things to start with. So like going for a walk outside, going to a gym class with other people are two very, very useful things that you can do. Um, yeah, do you think there's anything that I missed? Yeah, I'd just say, like, I don't care who you are, you're gonna go through those moments. Mm -hmm. We all have those moments. So um, having your day structured a little bit more, so like when you are having one of those days, you've actually got things to still get through is very beneficial. Yeah. So rather than just getting to Mondays and going, well, what's on today's like, if you've got it structured, you know, well, I've got to be here, here and here for Monday. So it just changes your mood because it changes your environment. Yeah. Um, well, yesterday I was having one of those days and um, I know when I have a cold shower, it just changes that environment. It sort of just snaps you out of it. Sometimes it snaps you out of it a little bit, not as much as other times, but it does change it. So it sort of just brings you into a different mood and a different sort of space, I guess, in your head. But just, and then like I had like somewhere where I had to be at work for a couple of hours in the afternoon. So then the environment changed, so my mood changed as well. So just having those things structured as well, I find helps. Yeah. Um, but like I said, having a good why as well, um, it's very, again, it's very hard. And, you might have the best wine in the world, but sometimes that's just it's not just strong not enough. enough. So you just need to have those other things in place so you still just chip through the day. And I think one thing that I use quite often actually is just like make cut deals with yourself. You know, like I'll make a deal with myself. Maybe I feel like crap today and I don't really want to train or I don't want to see people. So I'm just gonna to go to the gym for 10 minutes and walk on the treadmill. Mm. And then after that 10 minutes, you'll start to feel better because exercise induces like a positive, happy feeling. And then you might end up staying for another 10 minutes and walking more or doing a little bit of exercise, but just maybe make it the smallest activity or the thing that has the least amount of resistance that you feel like you can definitely do. Mm. And then one, you're already, you've started moving and two, after, like if you say to yourself, I'm going to walk on the treadmill for 10 minutes and you do it, you just get a sense of accomplishment because you've done something that you told yourself you were going to do. It doesn't have to be a 45 minute or an hour long workout. Like anything is better than nothing. I think that's very important to remember as well. Yeah. Okay. Next up, I find it confusing comparing food products. How do you read food labels and make informed choices in the supermarket? What are some key things to look for on a food label to make healthier choices? This is a very common question. Very. Because packaging is confusing as heck. Mm. And we did a really good podcast around January time, I think about the, the Australian oh, yeah. yep, right. food star system, health rating system. And how useless it is. Horrid. 
don't rely on the stars on the packages. Mm. Flip the package over and read the label for yourself. I think the very first thing that I always look for is the ingredients listed. And they are listed in order of quantity. So whatever's listed first is what is there is most of in the product. Mm -hmm. And then it goes in descending order. And then within the food list, I look for preservatives, numbers, things that I'm not really sure of what they are. And I just try my best to minimize those things mm. in the list. And then I will look at the protein versus calorie quantity. So I'll look at the protein in relation to, to if you're comparing two products, always compare 100 grams to 100 grams. So there's usually the serving size column and then there's a 100 gram column. So you mm. can't compare serving sizes because the serving sizes in products are gonna be very different. Very different. So you, throw you right off. Yeah, very much so. So you must compare the 100 gram column because that, that's what it's there for, for comparison. And I would look at the protein per 100 grams for one product and the calories. So is the protein quantity high enough for the calorie value? Mm. So if the, like say for example, we got a plant-based protein bar a couple of weeks back and it had what, 25 grams of protein in it, but it was 400 calories for the bar. And usually if you get a whey-based protein bar, it'll have 25 grams of protein, but it will be 200 calories for the bar. So it's just like, they're the sort of things you want to look for. Like, what am I getting my bang for my buck? Is that the, yeah. is that the phrase? <laughs> um, and then obviously you can look at like sugars and fats and trans fats as well. But if you were just trying to get a product that has minimal ingredients anyway, you don't have to worry about that too much. Yeah. Um, yeah, if, you, if you're diving right into that sort of stuff, because companies are actually allowed to hide a lot of the sugars, the salts, and all the bad stuff in other ingredients that they don't have to then list on the table. Yeah. So sometimes in the ingredients list, it might just say, um, like muesli bars are the worst for this. It might just say cereal mm. in the ingredients list. And in that cereal, they don't have to break down what's in the cereal. Yeah. So they could just be full of sugar and shit, but then they don't have to list it in the, the table of you know how much sugar is actually in it because yeah. it's in a hidden ingredient. So if you just basically stay away from that stuff, um, do your best to just get whole natural foods. And like you said, if there's any weird numbers or anything you don't understand in the ingredient list, do not eat it. <laughs> I will say if you're comparing products, a really, really useful app that I recommend to clients is called Food Switch. And you literally just scan the barcode of a product and it will give you other product suggestions that are similar to that. And it uses the traffic light system, which is, I'm pretty sure UK is the UK food rating system. Mm -hmm. It's something similar to that. So if you scan a box of muesli bars and they're high, super high in calories, super high in sugar, very low in protein, then it will probably give them like a red traffic light. And then underneath that, it will suggest a bunch of other products that are considered green traffic lights and yellow traffic lights. And then from the list, you can pick what best is going to suit you and your goals. And What's that app called? Food Switch. Mm. It's free. It's super easy to use. It's yeah, very, very, very valuable, I think. Nice. How do I know if I have a muscle imbalance and how do I correct it? Mm. 
So this come from a Ivan, not a, just the Ivan <laughs> at the gym. Good question, and he was more talking about, so this question, I do like this question because it can be interpreted, interpreted in a lot of different ways. Um, but he was more talking about, like, if he, a, he wasn't talking about this, but a good example is when the bros in the gym only do upper body and they have no lower mm. body. So it's like a very big imbalance. For women, it could be um, they work on their glutes a lot more than their quads, and that can cause issues. Um, so Ivan was more talking about his chest compared to his back. And it's like, well, how do you get a even looking body? Mm. And following a good program is the best place to start. Um, a lot of the time coaches will have biases. I'm, I'm not exempt from this. I do this as well, where we sort of favor one muscle group and that sort of stuff. I have gotten a lot like, this is just from me writing thousands of programs. I have gotten a lot better at even, making it even throughout the body. So when you do follow one of my programs, generally it should be even. Um, throughout the whole body and your whole body grows together so you look symmetrical <laughs> um, and you don't have those imbalances. Um, so, but then what can happen from there and what can cause imbalances? So this happens to me, will happen to me for a long time. Like I can basically look at a bench press and my chest grows. I don't know <laughs> what it is. Say with my quads, I can look at a back squat just in the rack, not even do a squat and my quads grow. So my front tends to grow a lot better than my back just because I get better muscle, my muscle connection. So we've talked, spoken about this in previous podcasts. So when you're doing an exercise, if you've got better mind-muscle connection, you're going to get more stimulus in that muscle. So I get a lot more, like for bench, I can just get my mind connected to my chest very easily. I don't know why, just easier. When I'm doing a back exercise, it's a lot harder for me to get that mind-muscle connection. So Although my program might be perfectly written, I'm still getting those imbalances just through my mind connecting to my body. And that might not be a huge deal, but over time it can add up. So it's more just about trying to make sure your technique's perfect as well in those moments. And um, just making sure that you're doing exercise correctly and just making sure that you pay attention to each one when you're doing it. Uh, so that can help with those, you know, side-to-side -side imbalances, all that sort of stuff. Um, now, when it comes to like injuries or like, a lot of people have one side stronger than the other. A lot of people find this out when they start you know, doing bicep curls or tricep extensions or single leg work. They might have one leg stronger than the other. And that's just life. Like, a lot of people, a lot of people, pretty much everybody in the population is gonna have that. Because mm -hmm. when you walk up to a set of stairs, without even thinking about it, you're gonna favor one side and you're gonna always use that one side to step up first. Or when you go to reach for something or you might sit at the desk a long time and use your mouse a lot longer so that mouse arm is gonna get a lot more use than the other arm. And that you might just be like, oh, it's just a mouse use, but using a mouse for six hours a day compared to not using it in the other side, it does add up. So those imbalances are gonna creep into your life. Um, a good program should help minimize that, but minimize it, not correct it. Yeah. So you're never really gonna correct it. Um, so if you do find that they're getting really bad, say 
you know, your biceps are getting way bigger than your triceps. It just might be ease off on the biceps and work on your triceps a little bit more. Um, always, so if you do have a lagging body part, uh, always do that first in your workout. Mm. So for guys, a lot of the time, calves are a big issue. If you've got small little calves and they're not growing, put the calves first in every single workout. Or same with the biceps. If you want bigger biceps, always do biceps first in the workouts because your body prioritizes that muscle group as more important and it gets a stimulus first. So you just have to be aware really of your body. <laughs> That's the answer for a lot of scenarios yeah. like that. Yeah, and it's funny, like a lot of, I'll train a lot of people and they're just starting to get into health, health and fitness and they'll start doing sort of shoulder exercise and they're like, wow, look at themselves in the mirror. Wow, one shoulder work moves a lot better than the other shoulder and it's like, you know, they've just realized this yeah. and they could be later on in life and it's like, well, yeah. And it's not until you start exercising, moving your body in certain ways that those imbalances sort of start coming up. And yeah, you do have to pay attention to it and give it a little bit of attention. But again, sometimes life is like you, you know, what you spend 45 to an hour in the gym each day compared mm. to the rest of your life. So, yeah. Cool. Good question. Okay. This is a semi-personal off track question, but it's a good one. Besides the podcast, do you have any other big things that you want to accomplish? Mm. Yes. <laughs> Elaborate. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're going deep on this one. Yep. All right, so I want to change the world through health and fitness. Mm -hmm. um, and this might sound a bit weird and it it could just be me rationalizing my life choices, but I have spent a lot of time thinking about what I want to do in the future, especially over the last couple of years when you know the business isn't going as planned or it's not going as so well. You sit there and go, am I really doing the right thing? Mm -hmm. So I do spend a bit of time on this and I think everybody should spend a lot of time thinking about what they're going to be doing with their time moving forwards. Yeah. Because you leave school, you don't get any opportunity to actually think about it you're what, 18, 19, you, you can't think properly anyway, especially for guys, <laughs> there's a lot of other things on your mind. Yeah. And it's like, well, you need to pick a career now. And you don't know how to think about it. You don't know how to think about the future. So this time around, I've really been spent a lot of time thinking about what I want to do in the future. And I want to change the world. And everybody goes, well, fuck, how are you gonna do that with health and fitness? And just bear with me. Again, I've thought about this a lot. So if you go out and ask 10 people what the world is to them, you're gonna get 10 different answers. So if I can pick one person and change their mind on the world, I've essentially changed the world. And I do believe if you can educate somebody on health, nutrition, exercise, well-being, and they incorporate that into their day-to-day -day life, their life is gonna be better. They have a more optimistic, more happy, more futuristic view on the world. All the bad stuff that's happening in the world sort of diminishes and all the good stuff sort of comes to the surface. And if you can create that in somebody, even just a little bit, their world and their view on the world changes. But not only that, you know it, I've, I've seen it in my clients, the people around them also start to change. Mm. So yes, it's only a little bit and it's only one person, but 
if I can change the world for that one person, I can have a big impact. And it's not gonna work every single time, I know that, but I do believe I can make the world a better place just by doing that. And I do think I'm very good at get, getting results and helping people with their health and wellness. And it's the best way for me to change the world in using that vehicle to one do that. One person at a time. One person at a time. Well, you changed my world. Remember when we first met, my lifestyle? Yeah. I was like binge drinking, very poor diet, extreme eczema, extreme migraines, mm. no no direction in life, extremely emotional roller coaster. I was a train wreck. <laughs> now look at me. <laughs> yeah, and 100%. And, and it's all because of health and fitness and... Yeah, and I do believe just adding in health and fitness, like you, I could see that you had a lot more potential than most people. And it obviously showed because Lucky. look where you are now. And, but like, also like, I don't ever want to end up where we were like four years ago as well. Like, not, it was a shit time, but I'm very grateful that we had that shit time because now that gives me fuel to never want to do that again. Mm. So like when we have like the question before about, you know, how do you, achieve things when you're low and all that sort of stuff. I just think about when we, where we were back then and I do not want to be there. So whenever I'm sitting on my ass and I'm like, I don't want to do this, life sucks. I just think about that and I'm like, okay, what do I need to do? So <laughs> I don't want to end up back there. And although it was such a shit time, I'm also very grateful for it because it gives me drive now. And a lot of people don't have that. So like, I'd, I'd, I'd never wish anybody to go through what we went through, but at the same time, it was very beneficial for us, well, for me, because it does give me that drive to get up and do stuff, to move forwards and change the world. And um, yeah, I forget what else I was gonna say. Yeah, no, that's good. You know what's ironic is about the time, talking about the, time, the shit time, <laughs> no one knows what we're talking about. <laughs> but um, like, I think just for everyone that has like a shit time in their life, if their health and fitness is also shit, then it's so easy to look at that shit time and just be like, blame everybody else, mm. you know, and be like, oh, that was the worst. Like my life sucks. Everything's so hard for me. Whereas we see it as like, I don't see it as that bad of a time now. Mm. You know what I mean? Because if we didn't go through all of that stuff, we wouldn't have ended up here. No. I don't know. So I feel like health and fitness without even realizing it just, like you said, it changes your perspective on the entire world. Yeah. And don't get me wrong in that time, I, like it was a very dark time. So like I was like, you know, I'd had a very different mindset. It's taken me a lot of internal work and mindset work to then appreciate that bad time. So it's not like I look back on it now, yay, but it, just, yeah. it did take a lot of work to get to where we are now so we can now achieve those things. So it's not like it's very simple. Yeah, change the world. It's, it's taken a lot of work externally, internally to get to that point. Um, so yeah, a big, and again, what are we trying to achieve in the future? Changing the world. That breaks down into, you know, growing this podcast, getting more listeners, trying to change their mind on health and fitness. Uh, you have another little project working on, probably gonna take a little while with the, journals and stuff like oh, that yeah. we have teased them a little bit yeah um I th again i think that will change a lot of people's lives as well um that journal will be have a massive impact and be able to help a lot of people and obviously obviously still doing the coaching and health and fitness stuff 
streamlining that in the future so it's more beneficial, more effective. Yeah, can reach more people, I suppose. Yeah. Um, cool. The only other thing that I want to add is that I want to get my degree in psychology. Mm. Maybe, I don't know. I feel like I just want to be at, I want to finish my bachelor's so that I can be a part of experiments and really get into like understanding how exercise and nutrition affects the mind. Because like everything that we talk about, I feel like we neglect how big of uh, an emphasis we put on mental work like we do it and our clients do it without us intentionally being like this is personal development yeah. you know what i mean so yeah that's that's just where we're going mm. i feel like it all ties in together nicely okay next question what is one thing that you will continue to do every day no matter what is this like a habit who did this come from leanne mm. Mm. um a behavior like yeah what, what do you do you know what Elaborate. Let's go like nutrition, okay, habit, mm -hmm. and exercise, movement. So one, one thing, thing you'll do from those three, okay, every single day. Every day, I will. You start. <laughs> nutrition. I always try. Again, this is a work in progress. Sometimes I fail. Sometimes I'm really good at it, depending on what I'm trying to achieve with aesthetics and all that sort of stuff. But. I always try and get 30 grams of protein in in my first meal in the within the first hour or two of waking up. Um, that's one thing I always will try and do every single day for the rest of my life. Mine was going to be that, but 20 grams. <laughs> yeah. Um, Habit ex or exercise? Exercise. Um, at least walking. Yeah. That's walking. Look, we spoke about that on the podcast all the time. Just trying to get a bit of a walk in every single day. Yeah. At no the moment, what. for me, sometimes it's a walk to work rather than a walk with us and the dogs. Um, but it's just getting that walk in. Yeah, at least one walk a day. And one habit? Um, this is, I guess, something that we'll, we've, I've built over the last couple of years, talking about like mindset and coming out of something shit to turn into something good is just trying to think of a positive thing in yep. the throughout the day, like think about the future and a positive way to impact the future. Um, that hasn't always been the case. It took a long time, like a little bit of journaling, journaling and that sort of stuff, just to get the mind thinking in that sense of, but after journaling for a while, you don't need to journal anymore and you just sort of start thinking those ideas. So that now I just sort of ponder those ideas. Ponder. Mm. Um, mine's not as, philosophical as that but it's going my one habit I think is delaying my coffee for an hour to an hour and a half after waking mm. it took me it took both of us I think a long time to implement this habit but like it's so powerful that I can't look back now because I think we used to get up make a coffee and read mm. And coffee would make me dizzy, it would make me want to vomit, I would make me sweaty. And I was like, um, it must be because I have to eat. So I would try eat toast before, I would try eat a muffin before, I would try eat yogurt before. Um, I was like, it must be the coffee beans, we better buy better quality coffee beans. I tried all of these external things, maybe I drink too much water, maybe I don't drink enough water before I have a coffee. 
It's just that I was waking up and drinking a coffee immediately. My body was like, <laughs> what the heck? What is going on? It's like I got electrocuted, you know, from the inside out. So literally delaying my coffee by an hour and a half. I don't get, I don't crash as early in the day. I have more energy. I can think more clearly. I don't want to vomit and I can still enjoy it. So yeah, I will never, ever change that now. But it is something so very hard to change, I will say. Mm. But it's worth it. For sure. Okay. If you're going to get into the fitness industry, what is one thing that you have learned that you have actually taken on board? Um, this took me a long time to learn. And unfortunately, I think it's just one of those things. Like I see it with new people coming into the industry as well. It's just learning that you'll always be shit. And but, yeah, it sounds bad, but you're, always, you're never gonna stop learning. You're never gonna know everything and don't try to teach everything that you've learned. Um, again, this is just from my, my experiences as well. I'm not picking on anybody individually. This is me as well. But I see a lot of coaches come into the industry and use all the big words, mm. especially people that have done like extra learning from PTs. Like I'm talking, you know, going to uni and doing some sort of degree and then coming out and teaching it. They use all these big words, all these fancy terms, um, all these fancy exercises. It, and it just might be like, instead of using this incredible, you know, complex way of describing um, an exercise, just say, bend down and pick that up. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's seriously just simplify everything. People coming into the gym or starting to work out or doing it, they, they just want to look better, feel better, and be happier within their skin. They don't give a shit about all the other stuff that you've learnt. So make it simple, make it so easy they can understand and literally can just be like, bend down, pick that up five times. And like that sounds super simple, but a lot of people go, oh, I need to justify all the time and effort I've spent in these qualifications, learn all this stuff, I need to complicate it. Yeah. And sometimes people do overcomplicate things so they, then they can charge more. Because if people don't understand what you're talking about, they think that you know, it must be worth more and they're very educated. So be careful of that as well for the consumer side of things. Um, but as a coach getting into the industry, just simplify, simplify things, make it super simple for people to do and just make it so it's easy so they can be consistent. Mm. Um, that's all I, I'd say. Mine would say from like a, a nutrition coaching perspective is, I guess any coach, any coaching perspective is just listen. Mm. At the beginning, I felt like I did a lot of talking in yeah. consults. Like, trust me, I know what you've been through. I've talked to people that have been through the same as you. I've read about this. I've learned about this. But most of the time, especially people that are struggling to change, they just need to talk about it and they will realize themselves. You just have to prompt them and guide them to have the realization. Because if you tell someone you need to do this to lose weight or this is what's causing you to have these skin issues, again, they're gonna hear it, but they're not gonna take it on board. Mm. So if you just sort of prompt people as gently and with the least amount of words as possible, to come to their own realization in exercise, nutrition, lifestyle, habits, whatever it is, if they realize it, it's much more powerful than if you just tell them. So just sit back and listen 
And then when there's silence, that's okay. <laughs> because silence is what prompts people to, they want to fill in the space, so they're just going to word vomit stuff out to you. I even do this with Jack all the time. When we go for a walk or when we sit in the sauna, I just word vomit stuff. Anything that comes to my mind, my life, everything that I've seen, and I have, everything just becomes more clear. And you know, a lot of people that you're coaching in the gym and with nutrition and whatever it is, they just need someone to talk to. They just need to talk through things. So just sometimes as a coach, I think you just have to listen. Mm. And it sounds so basic and simple, but it's a lot of people don't just don't have someone to talk to. Yeah, learn how to communicate, yeah. actually. That's probably the biggest takeaway. Um, it's, they don't teach it in any course. No courses within the health and fitness industry teach you how to communicate, <laughs> but that's the biggest thing you need to learn. Um, one good book I would suggest is Never Split the Difference. Oh, yeah. Um, By Chris Voss? Yep, Chris Voss. Um, so, uh, great book. He's a He basically wrote the FBI's way, like the guidebook for the FBI on how to negotiate big, like, you know, hostage situations, like yeah. real big things. So he takes all those learnings and puts it, puts it into a book. Um, and it's just all about communication, like mm-hmm. how to learn. Like he's, he basically says the whole thing about hostage negotiation is just communicating yeah. and learn how to communicate. And great book just breaks it down to super simple steps, easy to understand for any coach or anybody getting in the fitness industry, I'd recommend that book. I would recommend a book also called How to Win Friends and Influence People, which you actually gave me when I first started coaching, I'm pretty sure. Um, very old book by Dale Carnegie, but classic. It's never, mm. it's never going to go out of fashion, right? Yep. It's great. Okay, two questions left. We're nearly there, everybody. How, is, how has your schedule changed since leaving the country? Routine habits, etc. Yeah, a lot. A lot. Um... Still trying to find a rhythm with everything. Um, like we always speak about how important sleep and all that sort of stuff is. Obviously at the moment, I'm dived right back into PT life. So it's early mornings, late evenings, in-person coaching. And that's just part of my plan at the moment. And I'm sacrificing a little bit of sleep to achieve certain goals. And that's okay. Again, through this phase of my life, I want to sacrifice that to achieve something. It's not always going to be the case, um, so my sleeping schedule's been a little bit off. Sometimes I'll just have to catch up with a nap during the day just to make sure. But because my sleeping sleep schedule is off, I'm trying to dial in everything else. So my nutri- our nutrition's gotten a lot better. I'm making sure I've got all the right things I need supplement-wise to make sure that my energy, my hormones, everything is optimal. Still making sure I train although the training's all over the place. I haven't really been able to hit a decent, you know, program for a while. Hopefully that changes next week. I'm gonna write myself a new program. So, but I'm still exercising, making sure I exercise, making sure I do the things I need to. It's just, yeah, the schedule's all over the place. Uh, What was the second part? Habits, schedule, routine habits, etc. So as some habits, like I said, sleep gets a little bit worse. You've just got to dial in other habits and work from there. Still trying to figure everything out. So I haven't really got a decent answer to sort of say, this is what's working and do this and do that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, still just trying to fit everything in, all that sort of stuff. 
um, getting crazy busy. So if things keep going the way they are with like coaching within the next couple of weeks, I'll probably be booked out, like fully booked out, which is crazy. Mm. And I'll have a waiting list for that. So um, that's crazy to think that that's happened within the first couple of months of actually being here. I thought Having that, a waiting list as a personal trainer, crazy. Yeah, I thought that would have taken at least 12 months to build, but it's going to be like, what, four or five months? Well, you haven't actually been working in the gym for that long, then? No. Two or three months? Yeah, so um, obviously that's going to change schedule things. I haven't done that for a long time since I had Primal, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, see what happens. haven't really got a good answer, but things are changing, trying to work it out as things change and get busy, so yeah. How about you? Has my schedule even changed? <laughs> um, I don't know that it's changed that much because I feel like I'm always in control of when and where I do things because work online, do uni online. But I have just transferred to RMIT University in the CBD, so I will be going to campus soon. So I'm going to have an external factor to contribute, which is the mm. first time that's happened to me in like three years, really. So I think that it will be beneficial for me though, because I've been like running my own show for so long. Um, a little discomfort is a good thing for growth, right? So I think that once uni goes back, I might my schedule might change, but right now I pretty much, it's just however I feel like doing things. Mm. <laughs> But still structured. Like, if you follow me on Instagram, there you go. There's my schedule. I mean, I haven't posted it for the last three weeks because I'm, um, I'm having a disagreement with Instagram. <laughs> not Instagram themselves, but me internally and Instagram are not getting along. Um, but when I go back to uni, I'll probably get back to posting my schedule because everyone loves it, loves to see it. It's funny. Okay, last question. Have you noticed the difference in the goals between the people you train in the city versus the people you trained in the country? Hmm, good question, good question. Um, I wouldn't say maybe surprisingly, I'd say people in the country care more about looks and how they appear compared to everybody in the city. I agree, yeah. Um, you'd think it's the other way around, but everybody in the city just, like, it's just like, yeah, I want to exercise, feel good, achieve more, get move stuff better, done. get stuff done. <laughs> so it's like, people in the city seem a bit more intent of just getting shit done. Where in the city, it's a bit more relaxed. Like when I had in-person people in the country, it was just like, you know, session and finish, have a little bit of chat, all that sort of stuff. And like, there wasn't a rush and you know, that's fine, that's completely fine. But yeah, I'd just say everybody's goals in the, it's weird because I guess, I don't know, why would you say that's the case? Well, it's just, from personal experience, mm. I want to say that, I don't know, in the country, I feel like people often turn to exercising because they want to be seen in a different way by everyone around them. Like from growing up in a country town, you go every weekend. Like when I was younger, every weekend, you, people still, not even when, not even young people, but everyone in the country, you go to the pub or you go to the RSL on the weekend, you see the same people, you go to the supermarket and you see the same people. So I, found, I find that a lot of people want to exercise to look good for everybody else mm. because you're seen, you're known, everyone knows your name. And if you have a dramatic change in the country, people are going to comment on it. 
if you lose a lot of weight or if you get shredded or whatever it is, people are going to comment on it, people are going to talk about you, everyone's going to notice. Whereas here, there's so many people, it doesn't seem to matter as much. People sort of have a more of an internal motivation than external motivation to feel good, look good, yeah. exercise. You're just going to be another buff guy walking down the street. Exactly. There's plenty of them. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, I don't know if it's because there's so many people that people don't necessarily care about how they look. Like people still want to look nice. I'm not saying everyone yeah. walks around like... Slobs. Yeah, yeah, here. But so often you see a person or you'll run into a person or say hi to a person and then I think I'm never going to see them again. You mm. know, whereas in a small town that you're probably going to see them again. Yeah. <laughs> not always, but probably. Hold on two seconds. Stay with us, everybody. Alarm's going off. We're out of time. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I'd agree. That's a good point. Um, not, again, not dramatic differences in everybody's goals, but. The motivations might be slightly different. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Is that it? That's it. That's all we got. Awesome. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in. Obviously, if you lasted this long, you've enjoyed the episode. So you probably know somebody else that's going to enjoy the episode. So make sure you click the link for this copy of the, the link share you're just going to share it yeah just share this link for somebody else send it to one other person because they're going to enjoy it if you did you know one other person that will enjoy it they'll enjoy it and they'll thank you side note i'm pretty sure from spotify now if you listen to 12 minutes and you really like our answer to question number three you can send the show from 12 minutes and 30 seconds to the person so they can just listen to our response to one question mm-hmm if you think that our answer to a response to a specific question is going to help them. So they don't even have to listen to the whole hour. You can send them specific parts now. Or you can just even send it and say, listen to these jokers. <laughs> Stupid answer. So okay. either way, send it to a friend. Uh, podcasts do generally grow from word of mouth. So by sharing it, it helps us grow this podcast. It helps us reach more people and change the world. Change the world. All right. Thanks again, everybody. And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye.